they would lose against teams like NC State. They've been having trouble in their own conference. So, yeah, definitely I think Hokies are going to win big today, tonight. And looks like, yeah, Virginia Tech in the driver's seat there to control the ACC. Um, and, you know, barring a game against Clemson there, will likely find themselves in a BCS Bowl. Sean, thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate the call and your time tonight. No problem, guys. All right. Thanks. See ya. And, of course, the Wolverines, we talked about it. We covered it. Real quick, we'll go around the horn. Who you got here? I'll take Nebraska. Last week picked Illinois, and it worked, so um, I'll take Nebraska. I'm taking Michigan. I think Denard Robinson is going to play much better than he has in the last few weeks, and I think Michigan's defense, led by the defensive line getting pressure, is going to continue to perform well. Michigan by a touchdown. I got Michigan as well. I think... Just going straight up. I'm not sure the spread. I like them to win by a touchdown. That's it. And that'll do it for us this evening on WCBN. Thank you for tuning in to your daily sports report. For the rest of the guys here, I'm Cootie saying good night and go blue. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates would I know to stay away what's it and off his box the box of chocolates would I eat them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you babe that means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food. It's a food, it's a food about show and culture every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. or some such thing. But as you know, food spills out a lot over the bowls into other subjects. Well, come on in, shuffle in with your, with your bathrobe and your slippers. It is a nice morning here at 6.30 a.m. It's a breakfast oriented show today. I've got five bowls of oatmeal here just for you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not alone. Now, I saw this flyer here. You can see it here. Five bowls of oatmeal, says here, at Rackham Auditorium this evening at 7. What's it all about, I asked myself. Five bowls of oatmeal, is it one of those biblical things? You know, you take five bowls of oatmeal and they'll feed a whole Rackham Auditorium full of people? Or is it one of those things where teach a man to eat five bowls of oatmeal and he'll sit around all day eating oatmeal all day? Either way, I figured I'd better go to 826 Michigan and their top secret storefront in Ann Arbor on Liberty Street near Main Street to find out what was going on with this five bowls of oatmeal. What was it all about? I talked to Amy Wilson. Well, the trick with five bowls of oatmeal is that each of the five bowls is actually a one-act play that was written by one of our students. We have a huge range this year. We have some students who are nine all the way up to 18 years old. And each one-act play features prominently a bowl of oatmeal, hence the title. Okay. So tell me about 826 Michigan in general and how you get from uh, the beginnings of that to a bunch of plays about oatmeal. Well, 826 Michigan is a nonprofit organization. Everything we do is based around writing and also around one-on-one attention. So we hold a lot of workshops, both at our location in downtown Ann Arbor and out in the community. So these plays were the result of a couple of different workshops. Half of them came from one that was held here at 826 by an MFA student from the University of Michigan, who will actually be in attendance tomorrow night. 
There are also some drop-in writing workshops that we hold at two different branches of the Ypsilanti District Library. So those are held once a week. Students can come whenever they like. We have volunteers to lead them. And this year we decided to add a playwriting component there. And we figured what better way to showcase and honor all of our students than to put some of them in the, on stage at Rackham Auditorium, which is a extremely grandiose venue. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time you've done playwriting? This is actually the second annual Five Bowls of Oatmeal. Oh, okay. Hence the subtitle, The Return of Oatmeal. Ah. Richard, oatmeal always returns, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So could you tell us about uh, Dave Eggers? He's uh, featured on the poster here. And can you tell me about him? Yes. Uh, Dave Eggers is the founder of our organization nationally. The first branch was in San Francisco, California. We opened here in Michigan in 2005. He is... Um, a well-known writer. He wrote a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. He also wrote the screenplay for movies like Away We Go, Where the Wild Things Are, and he's also, of course, a great philanthropist. So sometimes he comes out here to Michigan to see what we're doing, uh, appreciate our volunteers who always love to meet him, and our students who love to meet him as well. So he'll be on stage um, interviewing some of the students about their playwriting process and getting to know them a little bit better. So, um, I don't know if you want to give anything away. We don't want so much of an oatmeal spoiler, but can you give me a, an idea of maybe what one or two of the plays are about, how they fit oatmeal into the whole thing? Yes, I would love to. Because they're from the minds of these extraordinarily creative young people, they fit oatmeal into it in more <laughs> weird and wacky ways than you could ever imagine. So, for example, um, one of our plays is called, let's see if I can remember the full title, <laughs> The Adventures, Misadventures, and Triumphs of the Land of Ishan. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a mouthful of oatmeal. Yes. So in this play, the main conflict comes from a character named Darth Oatmeal, who is, in, uh, who has made this town run over with toxic oatmeal. Uh -oh. So none of their cars work, nobody can do anything, and it's this group of children who have to band together to defeat Darth Oatmeal and the evil, toxic oatmeal that's taking over their town. <laughs> well, that's, that's very relevant to today's. Uh, it's, it's ripped right out of the headlines, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, and uh, we don't really think of the dangers of oatmeal, but maybe this will have an educational component, too. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's another, uh, another one? <laughs> um, one of them is called Dirty Laundry. It's a very noir-ish piece by one of our older students who had a play in the festival last year. She's very talented. Um, and the play is set in a laundromat. It focuses on, there's actually some really sophisticated themes, like um, politicians who lie, so really ripped from the headlines. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the characters is drenched in this oatmeal and he can't get it off of his clothes. And it's a metaphor for the sort of morality of lying that's addressed in the play. Wow. Uh, let's see, there's egg on your face. I never thought of uh, drenched in oatmeal, but that could work. Why not? It's the newest idiom. Yes, it is. And it's, it's um, birthed by folks from 826 Michigan. So much going on here. So much going on. This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And 
I was just talking there to Amy Wilson about something that's coming up, in fact, tonight. I tricked her into saying tomorrow night. That was my fault. I was using my trickster ability as a food radio show host. But tonight at Rackham, coming up in about 20 minutes, is Five Bowls of Oatmeal, a festival of one-act plays. I was visiting Amy Wilson of 826 Michigan at their top secret storefront, which is right on display there. But if you don't know what it is, she'll talk about that in just a moment. This sneaky storefront of theirs. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's about 20 to 7. And let's uh, let's follow up there. What else is 826 Michigan doing aside from giving us five bowls of oatmeal? What's what's happening there, I wonder? So not only do you have the five bowls of oatmeal Festival of One Act plays, what else is going on here at uh, 826? Well, there's, there's almost too much to even mention here. Um, we have after-school tutoring going on consistently. We have uh, workshops. We're going to have a new workshop schedule in about a month. So those, like all of our programs, are free. They're all focused on creative writing, but they come at it from a bunch of different angles. So, for example, we've had things like robot PI, writing on a safari, etc., really addressing writing from a, a fun, creative way. We're also having another cool event in mid-December. It's a premiere of the movie American Teacher, which is a documentary which was produced by Dave Eggers, narrated by Matt Davin. It follows four teachers through their careers and sort of tries to raise awareness of the difficulties that come with being a teacher today. Um, So we're actually going to have one of the teachers who was profiled in the movie to come speak at the show. That's on December 14th. And at the end of the year, we have our annual Festival of Local Music, Mittenfest, which this year is bigger than ever, five nights of local music. Wow. Yeah, at uh, Woodruff's Bar in Ypsilanti. Great. And that's right around New Year's? Mm-hmm. It starts on December 20... 20-something. 20 20-something, 20 yeah. yeah, it goes through New Year's. <laughs> okay. And probably the most famous thing in Ann Arbor, about 826 Michigan, maybe your robot supply and repair store, which it turns out that is a front for this uh, insidious and wonderful creative writing that your group does and helps kids to do. Uh, who goes into, what goes into the making of the robot displays in the, in the store and in the window? A lot, a lot, to say the very least. Um, like most of what we do at 826, it's really powered by volunteers. We just had our, our holiday window go up on Saturday, and that was the brainchild of six or seven volunteers who started with batting, chicken wire, yards of fabric, and some of those weird sort of animatronic Santas that you can get <laughs> at Walgreens at this time of year. So that's how we make, that's the secret of how we make the robots in the, in the robot store window move, is we basically just strip the flesh off of those kind of things. Ouch. Yeah, it's, it's really grisly. So happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but many of the products in the robot store, I'm staring at a table of them right now, are ordered in completely different packaging from what we sell them in. And we have volunteers who carefully cut out these little labels and put them on, say, a bottle of water, and it'll say Robot Tears. And, you know, that's that's the product. It's sort of a novelty product, and, of course, it raises money for our programs. But we get people who come in and say, wow, where do you get these great robot products? Where do you get these robot tears? <laughs> it's like, I wish there was a, a distributor of robot products all over the Midwest. But no, we do make most of them in-house here at 826. I've had, I saw one that I thought was a kazoo, but turned out to be a robot larynx, I found out. Yeah, that's a sneaky one. Yeah. We also have a music box that's a robot soul and a recorder that I believe is a robot femur. So you can have an entire one robot band. Wow, that's exciting. 
Anything else you'd like to add? I think that that covers it all. We do have a holiday catalog that's coming out on Monday, November 21st on our store website, which is www.onwardrobots.com. It's the first ever holiday catalog for Liberty Street Robot Supply and Repair. It's got a lot of our products, including some of our great student publications for sale. So check it out if you're looking for holiday gifts. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Our performing robot for the day there. That but the that noise is the performing robot. But I just spoke a moment ago to Amy Wilson of 826 Michigan, also from the Robot Supply and Repair Store. Thank you, Amy. They're putting on five bowls of oatmeal in just over 15 minutes at Rackham Auditorium in Ann Arbor. And you can find out more about that at 826michigan.org. A Festival of One Act Plays featuring Dave Edgers. That's tonight. Eggers. That's tonight at 7 p.m. at Rackham Auditorium. I've got one of those veils of uh, robot tears here. Actually, it's a nice nose drop type container of robot tears from the Better Bots brand. It says here, Bots Built Better, Better Built Bots. It says, I want to read the back of this to you. Let it all out. Now that your bot has been configured to feel emotions, it'll need to express them. BetterBot's special blend of synthetic robot tears have been scientifically formulated to leave your bot's face streak and rust-free. It has a fresh almond scent, and hydrogen bonding ensures perfectly shaped tears every time. All available at the Liberty Street Robot Supply and Repair Store. A front for a wonderful children's and young folks creative writing program called 826 Michigan. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. And speaking of oatmeal, we're going to talk about oatmeal in just a moment. But hope you're enjoying your breakfast right now. It is five minutes to seven in the evening. It's breakfast time. And it is breakfast, isn't it? Let's ask uh, our, our house band here, Poor Dog Pondering. Guys, here we go.
Yeah, I'm pretty loopy before my first cup of coffee, too. Well, good morning. It's 6.45 in the evening. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm still Mike. Our wolf has entered the room, and he will help us to face the music at 7 this evening. I want to give you a little background on the oatmeal that's in your five bowls this evening. Says Wikipedia... Oatmeal has a long history in Scottish culinary tradition because oats are better suited than wheat to Scotland's short, wet growing season. Oats became the staple grain of that country for that reason. The ancient universities of Scotland had a holiday called Meal Monday. This would permit students to return to their farms and collect more oats for food. Samuel Johnson referred disparagingly to this in his dictionary definition for oats. A grain which in England is generally given to horses but in Scotland supports the people. I'm sniffing. His biographer, James Boswell, noted that Lord Elibank was said by Sir Walter Scott to have retorted, Yes, and where else will you see such horses and such men? As in Scotland. Exactly. Five boats of o- five boats of oatmeal. That's absolutely true. I have some other breakfast news too. This also from England, and and Scotland and Britain and all. This is from the BBC. How about a delicious toast sandwich? I know. Uh, Megan Lane of BBC News Magazine says, at just seven point five pence a serving, a toast sandwich is the cheapest lunch option, according to the Royal Society of Chemistry. What other ultra-economical meals could be revived in these cost-conscious times? For a toast sandwich, now follow this, take a very thin slice of bread and toast it. Mmm, that's important. Once cold, place it between two slices of bread, also sliced very thinly, butter optional, salt and pepper to taste. A toast sandwich. This is promoted by Victorian domestic goddess Isabella Beaton. This recipe comes from her 150-year-old book of household management. The Royal Society of Chemistry wants to revive the toast sandwich to help England through hard times. This Isabella Beaton recommended it as a very tempting as very tempting to the appetite of an invalid whose weak digestion was thought to benefit from plain food. Some who have tried it enjoy the textural variety between the cold, crisp filling and the soft outer layers. Arwolf, you're looking quizzical. Um, actually, I just wanted to share something, uh, just a quick footnote. Yeah. This would actually be very good if you made it with Dimfelmeyer's Pumpernickel. It comes in those little mini loaves. It's kind of square loaves. Have you seen that stuff? I think so, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, Lindsay and I, that's our staple. Oh, okay. As far as bread-like substances goes, it has little wheat berries in it. But it's very thinly sliced, so you could actually make a sandwich according to the directions you've just shared with the public. A toast sandwich like that. It would work very nicely, I think. And you could staple it together as a staple. With Dempelmeyer's pumpernickel bread. It's a free plug. There you go. Well, thank you, Arwolf. Now, now, food historian Anne Gray says, of, of Victorian-era recipes in general, uh, the... Recipes aimed at invalids fit the bill of cheap and quick trip prayer. There's also beef tea. Mm. That's as simple, she said, to prepare as simply boiling off beef bones to make stock. The toast sandwich, however, was not the only recipe in Miss Beaton's compendium to use cold toast. She recommended toast soup. One pound of bread crusts boiled in two ounces of butter and a quart of common stock. Or for a refreshing drink, what about toast and water? Made with, you guessed it, a slice of stale loaf toasted, then soaked in a boiling water until cold. There's also other recipes that are rather exciting. How about the fitless cock? I know. 
I know. I'm just saying. Look, here. This is this is this is Victorian times, 150 years ago. So it's all very, very proper. This is actually from Charles Elmi Francatelli, a former royal chef from the Victorian era, who wrote a plain cookery book for the working classes in 1852. His recipes ranged from sheep's head broth to a pudding made of small birds. Mm mm. Now we're back to Scotland here. An old Scottish recipe for fitless cock was equally economical as it contained no meat. It was a chicken-shaped oatmeal. Anything shaped like a chicken is good enough for me. It was a chicken-shaped oatmeal pudding, which fooled no one, says food writer Stephen Gates. I was fooled. To make fitless cock, mix together oatmeal, shredded suet, and a finely chopped onion with a beaten egg. Form into the shape of a chicken and boil for two hours. I don't know if that means you're supposed to form into the shape of a chicken and boil the food for two hours, or if the food is supposed to be formed into the shape of a chicken. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and I think I have some more music here. This is actually a cautionary tale about breakfast. Listen carefully. James was a great Sudley workman, and my buddy... We had worked together in the pits, boy and man, for fifty-odd years. Another cautionary tale is to read the liner notes carefully to make sure you play the right cut. This is is a sampling of what you're about to hear. This is Ivor Cutler. Had such narrow seams, anything between nine and eighteen inches. This is, he's talking about his surly buddy here, but let's try this instead. Shall we? Yes, here we go. Here is a cautionary tale about breakfast from Mr. Ivor Cutler. Are you ready? I was ready, too. Here we go. A fly crawled over the bark of a cedar, looking for a hole to looking for a hole to sleep. But he tripped right over a sticky twig, and a green leaf hit him on his pearly wings and gave him a terrible wing ache. Being a pearly-winged fly, he decided to change his tree. But a hungry Newman who specialized in pearly-winged flies chewed him for breakfast, saving the wings to the last. Be glad you are only human. A fly. Cautionary tale. That's our public service announcement for today. That is Ivor Cutler from his album Jammy Smears, and that was The Pearly Winged Fly. I hope that you will think upon that as you look down upon your oatmeal. Other important breakfast news I want to tell you about. This is some news on Kellogg. See, Kellogg, earlier this year, I actually talked about this on another show, they were threatening legal action against a Mayan archaeology initiative. And wouldn't you threaten legal action against a Mayan archaeology initiative if you were one of the largest makers of cereal in the world? This is from bakeryandsnacks.com. Kellogg said that the Mayan Archaeology Initiative used a toucan on its image, on its website as a logo, and that this infringed the image rights for Kellogg's Toucan Sam character on Fruit Loop cereals um, because they're both toucans, they both have colors, and therefore it's the same thing. In August of this year, the Maya Archaeology Initiative said the breakfast cereal giant had initiated legal action after the Cultural Defense Group applied for a trademark for its Toucan logo. It also said that Kellogg had tried to prevent the group's use of Mayan imagery that Kellogg said was present on Fruit Loop boxes, and the tail eats its own toucan or something. Now Kellogg, though, says it's going to contribute $100,000 to help the Maya Archaeology Initiative, build a Maya center in Guatemala, and it will feature a link to the group's website on Fruit Loops boxes. So it sounds as if 
there's a happy ending to this somewhat oddball tale. Um, now, Francisco Estrada Belli, who is the president of the group, previously described the threat of legal action as a bit like the Washington Redskins claiming trademark infringement against the National Congress of American Indians. So Kellogg has dropped its legal action threat. It will now feature major Mayan accomplishments on its Fruit Loops boxes. Kellogg based in Battle Creek, Michigan, and there you go. Now, other news unrelated to breakfast, actually. This is not breakfast, but still. A film about urban agriculture is going to be debuting at MSU this week. It's called Flint Food Fighters. It's going to be shown tomorrow at 10 a.m., it's going to be shown at the Communication Arts and Sciences Building in at MSU. There are five Flint farmers, you see, who are trying to redefine city ordinances and land use. This film is a sequel to The Kings of Flint by Michigan State University filmmakers Jerry Olamet Zeldes and Troy Hale. That film featured the work of two black belts who paired karate and urban farming to revitalize a Flint area neighborhood. And next year, there's going to be the third and final film in the series called Flint River Farm, all at MSU. Now, I don't know if this fellow represents the Lollipop League, but... The sad news this week is that Carl Slover, who is one of the last surviving actors who played Munchkins in The Wizard of Oz, he has died at the age of 93. Author John Fricke says Slover was best known for playing the lead trumpeter in the Munchkins band, but he also had roles as a Munchkin townsman and soldier in the film. He says Slover was one of the tiniest male Munchkins in the movie. Long after retiring, Slover continued to appear at Wizard of Oz festivals around the country. Fricky says that only three remain of the 124 diminutive actors who played Munchkins in the movie. Thank you, Carl Slover, for being who you are. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Still, it's five minutes to seven. Arwolf will help us to face the music in just a moment. And uh, a couple more things now. Look out for pop-ups pop up things shaped like chickens perhaps if that's what you're you're in the mood for perhaps just uh pop up uh, events now yesterday in Ypsilanti in downtown Ypsilanti there was an event put on by Mix the boutique that's on uh downtown Ypsilanti on on Michigan Avenue they had a big event where they took over the space that had been vacated by the Mongolian barbecue in downtown Ypsi they took over the space festooned it with holiday displays brought a bunch of vendors in. Hundreds of people bought a ton of stuff. Vendors ran out of stuff because it was so popular. It was a success in downtown Ipsy yesterday, and Mix is going to do another one of those in December, and we'll keep you posted. Now, the downtown Ipsy Farmer's Market has begun its fourth season indoors at the Corner Brewery in Ipsy. This coming Tuesday, November 22nd, the downtown Ipsy Farmer's Market's going to have a holiday event from 3 to 7 p.m. Even though it's a brewery, all ages are welcome. Welcome at the market side of the Corner Brewery during those hours. There are going to be more than 20 vendors with a variety of fresh seasonal produce, breads and baked goods, jams, jellies, lots of holiday crafts, handmade soaps and jewelry, and more. And so that's this coming Tuesday from 3 to 7 p.m. They're going to also have two more downtown Ypsilanti Farmers Market events on Tuesday, December 13th, and also Tuesday, December 20th. And one more thing, just to let you know, we're going to give you more info on this pretty soon. The Tiny Expo is coming back to Ann Arbor in December. Another pop-up kind of event, very exciting, at Braun Court. And the Krampus Costume Ball is coming up in Ipsy as well in December. We'll keep you posted. This music is by Philip Tabani. 
This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a while. Our will be here in moments to help you face the music. In the meantime, something you can learn. This is not a cautionary tale, but a piece of very good news about breakfast. Here is BR549 and some advice you could use or perhaps disregard depending on your tastes. Let Jesus cook you breakfast. It's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And I couldn't speak Cause the devil slipped a Mickey in my bedstand drink Then Jesus made me breakfast with his fresh white shelters on Well, I ain't got the money to go to town The cupboard, it was empty before he came around Then Jesus made me breakfast with his fresh white shelters on well, there ain't no sun shining down on me My stomach's full of nothing but conspiracy I can't get nobody to tell me the truth What's a hungry fella to do? Well, you can canonize the devil, crucify a saint But you can't replace your half and half with coffee, mate let Jesus make you breakfast with his fresh white shelters on. once. Let Jesus make you breakfast. Wow. It's just past 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. It's time to face the music. I have a very specially prepared suitcase full of material. This is all vintage vinyl stratum. These are all old phonograph records. There's no CDs in the next hour's worth of broadcasting. Here's the Frisco Jazz Band. This record dates from 1917. 
It's called Nighttime in Little Italy. It's time to face the music. So let's go. (laughs) 